Wow. <laughs> that was quite a grumble, right on cue, too. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. And as you may have heard from the opening there, we have a special guest, sort of, for this episode. So I've mentioned on here a few episodes ago um, that Kai and I had a daughter uh, late last year. So, um, yeah, so she's, she's actually accompanying me for the recording of this. I have her on, on uh, God bless the baby born. I have her strapped to me as, we, as, I'm, uh, as I'm recording this episode. And um, I thought this was a f- fitting time to do it. Because as I've been teasing in the last couple episodes, I've been mentioning about how this would be a very special episode and would kind of like break with the break from the format um, somewhat. And that is true because not only are we not because not only is the baby joining us for this special episode, but we are not even reviewing or even really discussing any movies here. Um, so what I was thinking is that in the few months that I've been a dad, um, it's really changed the way I see the way I see a lot of things. I mean, you know, you hear all these things before beforehand talking about, oh, it's being having a baby is going to change your life, and and uh, you know things will never be the same. She agrees, and um, and uh, it, it's true. I mean, you do you do change the way that you see um, the way you see the things around you, the way you appreciate the people in your life, the way you uh, the way you perceive the. The world around you, especially right now with the political situation being what it is, and everything going on with that, all my my emotions for you not only politically but socially and and um, professionally, everything is heightened in your priorities shift. And um, you know, I was expecting that going into parenthood for the first time, but what I didn't really expect, or I didn't really anticipate, at least to happen to this extent so quickly is the way that the way that being a parent has affected how I how I see movies how I how I uh, and really this could be extended to um, other kinds of media as well to music to television and, and literature that kind of stuff but since this were the, the world of film from a fresh angle is our tagline and this is ostensibly a um, you know a movie podcast even though I do talk quite a bit about TV, The Flash recently, and even Power Rangers last episode. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Still fighting that cold from last week a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I thought it would be prudent and sort of insightful, at least in my own way, to, to share some of the ways in which um, being a dad has changed how I see movies. Movies are a huge part of my life always have been and um, now having having this new little person in my life in such a prominent way um, has has inevitably shifted how I take that that entertainment in so I've come up with four main ways in which in which the way I see movies has been altered by being a father for the first time and uh, we're gonna run through them this might be a little bit shorter than the previous episodes, just because we don't have a movie to really unpack, and I'm sort of just touching on this topic, not really delving too deeply into it, just uh, just kind of taking this break. It's a little bit of a uh, slower week for movies, and so I thought this might have been uh, a good opportunity to sort of break from routine 
and uh, do some, uh, an episode that's a little bit personal, or a little bit more personal in nature. So without further ado, let's move into my first reason for um, how seeing movies has changed since being, becoming a dad. So first of all, it, it has made me a, a lot more acutely aware of relevant themes. What do I mean by relevant themes? Well, I mean, if you watch a movie, if you watch a movie dealing with parenthood or dealing with family relationships or dealing with children in peril or, uh, or, or anything like that, um, I used to make fun of, you know, my, my parents when they'd be like, oh, you'll see when you become a kid, this thing will affect you. You'll cry in the two towers when King Theoden's mourning the death of his son. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a movie. It's fake. I know it's fake. Why would I react that way to it? But then uh, here I am now, having recently become a father for the first time. And, and it's, it's already affecting me. I mean, uh, if, I haven't gone back and rewatched The Witch since becoming a dad, but I wonder if that movie would now upset me more knowing what happens to the baby in the, and this is not really a spoiler because literally like this is the first two minutes of the movie, uh, knowing what happens to the baby in that film. Um, but just, um, yeah, like for example, I was watching Liar Liar the other day, like a week or so ago. And one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, tour de force performance from him, Really, really funny stuff. And he has that line in there where he's talking to his wife and they're arguing about, you know, them moving away, uh, his ex-wife. His ex and she's talking about moving away with her boyfriend to Boston and taking their, their son, um, her, Jim Carrey and her son, with them. And he's like trying to plead his case. He's been, a, you know, hasn't really been there for his kid, hasn't really been reliable, been kind of the work, you know, the whole workaholic type deal that we see in a bazillion movies. And he has that line in there where he's like, uh, no, you listen, I'm a bad father. And, and at this point, he already has the, the uh, curse, I guess, placed on him where he can't lie for 24 hours. And he kind of has a moment of reflection where he stops and realizes what he just said and that since he just said it, it must be true. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a bad father. And he sort of, reflects on that and has a, has and that weight of that the fact that he hasn't been there for his child but hits him for the first time and I think as a man as a father it, it that it really resonated with me and I got like my eyes got welled up all of a sudden and I've been sort of a a sensitive person uh emotionally sensitive person by nature like since since childhood I remember watching Father the Bride, the Steve Martin version, and being really emotional and empathetic for him when he has to let his daughter go um, at the end of the film when she gets married and she goes off on her honeymoon and he has to sort of let her be an adult and, and can't cling to her being a child. And now having a daughter, I can only imagine how much harder that's going to hit me than when I was a kid and already empathizing with the middle-aged man having to let go of his grown daughter. Um, so things like that the, have really hit me a lot uh, in, in a lot more emotional uh, gut punch way than they previously have. And I kind of see that only deepening going further. It, it also, I think, and this sort of ties to this one probably more than the, the other reasons that we're going to get to. It also ties back to mortality. I mean, you see... You see, you're creating the next generation and you start to reflect on, you know, how long you have here and you start to look at, look at your parents and you see that they're, 
you know, now in senior citizen age and, and you start to really appreciate so many different things. And I think that ties into why uh, first-time parents, at least in my case, you have more of a, a heightened sensitivity to, <laughs> yes, honey, uh, to, uh, to themes that sort of comment and, and touch on that, no matter how saccharine they may be or how, um, how calculated from a storytelling perspective it might be in a film, that it's sort of a, a narrative cheap shot to opt for, you know, a child in peril or, or, or use that as a motivation for something like in gravity, for example, or any, yes, honey, or any number of films. And, um, that, that's probably the most obvious way. And that being a dad for the first time has affected how I see movies. The second way that being a dad has changed the way that I see movies is I've started thinking of, and I guess this pretty much started when Kai was pregnant up front. Um, you know, we have nine months, obviously, to prepare mentally, emotionally, um, and, you know, life-wise for the arrival of our new child. But uh, I started, started to see entertainment as more of a legacy in, in some ways. <clears throat> now, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, being a cinephile and a huge movie, huge movie person for whom a film, um, other entertainment, you know, as well, music and television, as I mentioned, um, have been such a, a integral part of who I am, how I see the world, how I relate to things, how I, um, how, how I figure out who I am how, as, a, as a person in, you know, my formative years learning about the world and learning about myself through the stories being told to me through film, um, you really start to reflect back on, okay, what of those stories do I want to share with my children? Do, what do I want to uh, introduce them to at pivotal points in their life to shape who they're going to be? To, to see, see my daughter's eyes light up for the first time when we watch Star Wars or when we watch you know, Disney films, or when I introduce her, well, I mean, we've already watched an episode of The Muppet Show, but when I introduce her to The Muppets properly, um, she doesn't even, obviously, she's way too young to really appreciate that right now. Um, but um, you really think about <clears throat> those things in your life that, that you are looking forward to sharing with, with that person, not just because of the stories that they tell or uh, the entertainment value of it or the spectacle and all that, but because there are, are key parts of you, of your DNA, of, of uh, what shaped you growing up, and you want them to, to do the same thing for your children, to inspire them, to um, lead them to, to figure out who they are and, and what they can do in this world and, who, and, and what their place is, either through uh, uh, emulating the characters that you're introducing them to or not, and, uh, and kind of defining their moral sense. Of course, granted, I'm not saying I'm going to put on HBO and be like, there you go, HBO, raise my kid, or anything ridiculous like that. But some films, and you know, I'm sure this will happen for, for, you know, for my baby, the way that they, in, in surprising ways that I'm not even foreseeing, because she'll discover her their own things she likes. There'll be new things that'll happen between now and when she becomes a, an older child, an older child and a teenager, and that kind of thing. Um, 
there are those there are those films that are defining experiences for you growing up and and they they come to come to help you develop your interests develop yourself they're bonding they're a bonding experience for you and your and your family i mean i remember so many times as a kid as a teenager um you know living at home and every once in a while usually on the weekend we would have we would have a movie night my parents my brother freddie and i and we would make choices and we would make this big presentation about choice number one and we'd vote on who was going to watch that movie and a lot of times we would watch the same movies that we'd seen before you know you got your happy gilmore and you got your like jurassic park and and terminators and all the early 90s late 80s early 90s that kind of stuff was really part of our uh part of our household uh lingo there was there've been so many films that i've had to introduce kai to not because i thought that she would necessarily enjoy them but because i make reference to them on a regular basis and i feel like she would be uh sort of lost and confused with some of the things i said unless i was like oh do you remember that from that movie that we watched because i showed it to you um which is why a lot of times if i make reference to something either to kai or now to our baby and i say oh you know oh, star wars huh? we'll get there because you know uh at some point i will introduce that to to the to our baby and she will know you know some of the same stories and the same experiences that i've had so i want her to be able to look back at film and uh some of the films that i've chosen to introduce her to some that she's chosen to watch along the way but i i hope i want her to look back at film and you know the arts in general as something that's important uh as something that's a a a key interest in her life and something that she can share with me it's a bonding experience that she can remember when she's older that you know I took we took her to the movies and you know we went for ice cream after and blah 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 and oh what a great movie when we saw this that one time what a what a wonderful experience that was that we all shared in and that's sort of the magic of cinema and uh having a kid now it it really makes you reevaluate cinema as as sort of a a legacy product if uh and less so as you know just entertainment that you yeah you just put something on in to to pass the time and granted as an artistic person and a writer and uh, a film critic and all that i uh, i I've, I've already come from that place um beforehand so so having a a daughter now in in our lives just only sharpens that and makes me want makes me really enthusiastic to to share my love of cinema with her and to to see to see how she reacts to things moving into the third reason or the third way in which being a dad has changed the way i see movies is that it's given me a a much more a much sharper uh feminist and humanist sensitivity and again what it, what the hell does that mean right those sound like all big words but what what exactly does that entail on a practical level well having a daughter well first having a wife and then having a daughter i wasn't bless you <laughs> she's just uh, we're giving i'm giving her a bottle um growing up in a house with a, a a younger brother a father and just and a mother who are more more conservative in nature there was really there wasn't really that exposure to um to the politics of things and by that i mean lately it seems like every film every television show every piece of media out there 
is broken down into con some kind of controversy, whether it's a whitewashing controversy for Iron Fist or Ghost in the Shell, or whether it's some kind of racial controversy or feminist over the whole, the whole, uh, all the hubbub over the Ghostbusters reboot last year. And you can listen to the episode in which Kai and I talked about that. Um, there's been a whole, there's basically every type of person out there is crying foul, saying this is, this film is doing, this film slash television slash whatever is doing a disservice to my group of people in X way. And having, having been exposed to, you know, being with a very strong independent woman as a girlfriend, as a fiance and as a wife, and now trying to raise a strong independent woman together with Kai has, has really um, changed the way that I, the way that I see and the way that the importance that I place. And that's not to say that I was ever a chauvinistic, misogynistic asshole, because I've never, you know, I wasn't that kind of person. And uh, if anything, I was just more ignorant. And I wasn't, I wasn't really attuned to what a certain kind of film says about a, a minority group or says about women or says about a religious group or an ethnic group or any of that stuff. I, um, I, I, was just, I was just watching movies and as a white, as a mostly white man, pretty much, I, um, <coughs> I do have a Cuban side, but um, on my, on my, uh, but that, that really bears no, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, so essentially as a white man <laughs> viewing a lot of this media, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really considering that side of it. And I wasn't really, my eyes just hadn't been opened to it. It wasn't that I was, I was against it and then suddenly flipped the other way. It's just that um, my sensitivity to, you know, representation in film, to, uh, to the way women are depicted, to the way minorities are depicted, to the way that, um, to, to, the diversity of, to the diversity of cinema. And I talked about this a little bit in, uh, in my Moonlight review talking about why that film was so impactful and and why I was so happy to see it win best picture even though La La Land is honestly probably an equally strong film but maybe okay not equally maybe slightly less but around the same level I felt like Moonlight represents a step forward but that's neither here nor there you can go listen to that episode if you want to hear me talk about that <clears throat> but having having a daughter has has made me more aware of these issues and has led me to, to think about them more critically, to, to, consider, to consider how, you know, the, what kind of world she's going to be growing up in um, and the kind of stories that she's going to be taking in and how that's going to shape the way she sees herself, the way she sees her place in society and the way that, and, and the, um, the, the interaction that we have with our entertainment and why the content and the depiction of different types of people, men and women, all races, all sexual orientation, gay, lesbian, trans, whatever, all of that stuff, the way that that representation has such an impact on the incoming generation and how they, they, how, how they, how they see themselves and their identity is really shaped by by what filmmakers put out into the world, 
by what what is available at the theater or what's you know what's uh, playing on Netflix, and that actually does have a huge impact on that. So as a daughter, uh, or as a daughter, <laughs> as a daughter, no, <laughs> having a daughter, um, it really uh, it really makes me acutely aware of of issues like that. And I think I mentioned this briefly in my episode uh, last week on Power Rangers, but there is that weird like uh, revenge sexting thing going on with Kimberly that is very troubling. And I chose really not to get into it because the movie doesn't really get into it too much, except aside from the scene where she's talking about how she did something really bad. Um, but but I, those kinds of things, now I'm, I'm more aware of, of what's happening, and I'm, uh, I guess, woke, as the kids say. And uh, it, it really helps me, not only helps me as a film critic and as a film commentary uh, buff and, and as someone who's, who's very interested in being in, in, into that conversation and very invested in that world, but as a father who, who can, can see some, some, something personal in those issues, not, not for myself necessarily, but for the way that, that my wife and my daughter are being treated and the way that they're, the way that they're, um, their identity, well, not so much Kai's identity, she's already, her identity's already formed, but the way that our daughter's identity is formed by, by what's, what's out there. And lastly, the fourth reason, or way, I keep doing reason, the fourth way that uh, being a dad has changed the way I see movies is that sort of dovetailing off of the last one, I'm really much more aware of the message that movies send and the example that they set. And that's not necessarily, not necessarily in the depiction of women per se, but it, it does overlap with that quite a bit. Um, one example that I, I can think of, because I remember, I remember this come, coming across my mind months before, before the baby was born, um, is Zootopia. Now, not only does that movie have a great message about discrimination and about, um, you know, prejudice and, and how it's, it's sort of uh, in, ingrained in all of us to a certain extent, just because of the society that we live in, and it's up to us to recognize that in ourselves and push forward and develop ourselves uh, and evolve over time, et cetera, et cetera. But it has, it features a really strong female lead, a character who's pushed down by society and doesn't quit regardless of how many people tell her, tell her that she can't do it. <clears throat> and I'm, you know, that's, that's one story that I really am looking forward to sharing with our daughter because Judy Hopps is such a, uh, such a, a powerful figure for young women um, and one that they can really look up to, one who's not, and I'm going to pick on Disney for a second, but one who's not a princess waiting to be, waiting to be rescued by a prince, one who's not um, a damsel in distress or... Or, you know, someone who's defined by her relationship or whose defining characteristic is, oh, I really like this guy in town or, or anything like that. And um, in fact, she doesn't have, there's no romance in the film at all. They don't even go there with, with the two lead characters. She's, uh, she's an independent career woman, basically. And, um, 
impossibly, insanely driven and impossibly committed to the cause. Um, I think it's only briefly in the third act that she sort of falters and herself and falls into self doubt and then kind of pulls herself back up. Again, she pulls herself back up out of that. It's not something that uh, where where she's totally incapable of her of doing things on her own, and sort of ties, tying into the feminist part that I just mentioned is that I'm really much more aware of well, what is this film saying? What is, and I, and I, okay, that's that's tied to a female character, but let's look at other things. Let's look at um, let's look at Pixar. All of those movies, and I told Kai this a long time ago because as a pop culture student, as a, as a movie person. I, I was already aware of these things, but now it's it's shaping the way, like, it's shaping which films want to be, which films somewhat, um, whether or not they're they're involved with the feminist side of things, the humanist side of things, whatever, which films I want to be part of that legacy, and which films, and, and which films have the relevant themes. See how this, this one sort of ties them all together. Pixar's films have such powerful uh, themes such imaginative stories, and they, for the most part, have really worthwhile messages for kids. And this is where I get really pissed off as a film critic <clears throat> and someone who sees all kinds of films, including quite a few of those meant for kids. And that's why I will not cut shit like Trolls or Angry Birds or Ratchet and Clank, if anybody remember, anybody even saw that, or Max Steel. I will not cut any of those shitty films slack because there are so many good movies out there that are intended for kids, either either solely or, or in part. I don't think that any film intended for kids should be should be dumbed down. I don't feel like just because it's got pop music and colorful characters jumping around and, and action or like fart jokes, that to me is not something that I want to share with my children. That that there's no there's no content there worthwhile. Um, when you when she gets older, then we could talk about hey, you want to watch something silly like Austin Powers or Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or or whatever, and just look at look at all the goofy shit happening on screen. <laughs> but when they're kids like that, they're shaping their perspective on on the world, on the way that they see things. Again, like I was saying earlier. So so it's a lot it's a lot more important for me that I show that I show my daughter at this age and you know granted she's a few months it's not she's not going to really take in anything yet but as a toddler as a elementary school child show her films that can help her develop her her humanity and develop her empathy for for things develop um, her understanding of other people or or um Put her in, great, in better touch with her emotions. Look at something like Inside Out. Again, a, uh, accidentally, a female, a female um, protagonist in Joy and also in Riley, the main, the main girl. Um, but, but one that really has a message about how it's okay to be sad. It's okay to, to... Obviously, we want you to be primarily happy, but sometimes sadness can color can color the way you see your life, can color the appreciation you have for things, can, um, can, can sort of put things in, in greater context and make those happier moments even more, even more important to you. 
And that's a film that, that I would, I'm dying to show, to show my child or any other children that Kai and I have because the Pixar films, some of the, some of the Disney films, there's a lot of the, when you, the further you go back into Disney, the, the more problematic some of those movies become. I mean, look at Sleeping Beauty where she doesn't even really do anything except dance around. So that's a bad example. But um, compared to the, the Pixar films or the Leica films, Kubo and uh, Paranorman and Coraline and <coughs> the Box Trolls, it took me a second to remember that one. Uh, these, are, these are films that have engaging stories, engaging characters, smart writing, and stories that actually have something to say, uh, have something, a message to the children. And if you're showing children a movie meant for kids that has nothing interesting to say, then what the fuck is the point? As a parent, that's pretty much the way I see it. So there's plenty of time to watch ridiculous bullshit later on in life. But when, when you're showing something to your kids, it should have something worthwhile, worthwhile going for it. And if it's a quality film, it'll get that message out in a way that's not ham-handed, in a way that actually emotionally resonates with parents just as much as with kids. And, you know, I mean, as, as a parent now, it's, it's a lot easier for me to see that and for me to say that that, that ha is, is of the utmost importance for me when I'm selecting films to share with her or to take her to see uh, going forward. So <clears throat> that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Uh, I came up with those four. Maybe at some point I'll come up with more, more reasons how being a dad has changed how I, see how I watch movies part two and I'll have more reasons. But um, in the meantime, I was just thinking about this the other day, or a couple weeks ago, I guess, at this point. And I thought it would be worth sharing something a little more personal with you all, and just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from and how my perspective is, has changed a little bit, or sharpened, or I'd like, I'd like to say evolved over the past few months, now having a, having a, a little baby girl at home. And, and yeah, so let me know if this kind of episode, the non-movie focus, the more personal me talking without really copious notes. I didn't, if you probably could tell, I didn't have very many notes in this episode. I just had the four, the four bullets and everything else has sort of been off the cuff. Let me know if you like these more personal, spontaneous um, discussion episodes as opposed to the exclusive movie reviews, that kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be about parenting. It could be about, you know, just life in general or being in a relationship or, or what we're going to try and steal your away from politics, especially now. But uh, some of those other more personal aspects of things. Let me know if you enjoy that and let me know what you want to hear me talk about next. You can always reach me on Twitter at Crooked Table. You can find Crooked Table on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on uh, Tumblr, and Reddit. I'm going to actually start posting on Reddit. I've heard that that's a, a pretty good way of reaching, uh, reaching an audience. So I will, I am looking into, I actually have a Reddit account that I started last year, but I haven't really done much with it. So let me know if you're on Reddit and I should bother, you know, bother posting on there uh, and get involved in the discussion threads um, in that, in that world. Another, another sort of, uh, sort of social media -y, way of, of connecting with people but you know if it if it works and it gets more ears on the crooked table podcast then it's worth it 
So uh, just to give you a little sneak preview of next week. <clears throat> so I'm shuffling a couple things around. I already had an episode in mind for next week, but uh, just the way things the way things fell on the calendar, it makes a lot more sense to save that for later in the month. So next week we're going to be talking about the fate of the furious and uh, kind of looking back on the previous entries in the franchise and talking about six of them. And you guys know what that means because I'm pretty sure you've heard that segment before on here. So if not, I'll, I'll leave that as a little tease for next week's discussion of family. <laughs> Until then, I'm Rob. This has been the Crooked Table Podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. Roll credits. <laughs>